You're listening to Money Shots, a weekly podcast where one recovering shopaholic and one very rational financial expert talk all things money. Hello everybody. Um, welcome to episode 6 and today... I'm going to do an interesting episode. Stressful for me. Um, focusing on Chris, our friend. So as you all know, our co-host Chris here, he's a financial expert, or uh, if also known as finance, <laughs> financial advisor. So as all of us commoners know, other than coronavirus, a lot of us think that uh, <laughs> financial advisors are another type of very serious virus. <laughs> so, you know how we always like, at the MRT station, then we see them hovering, we like, shoot, faster siam, right? Yeah. Well, avoid us like the plague. Yeah, oh, yeah, you guys are the plague. Yeah. JK, don't come at me, financial advisors. <laughs> so, today we're going to do an interview style, like, um, ask, ask me anything style, but except I'll ask Chris the questions lah, and I have compiled like, quite a few questions that ask normal just want to avoid financial advisors, people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So some questions that we we all have and a lot of questions that I, I myself had and still have. So before we begin, right, why don't you introduce yourself and try to carry some favors with the listeners first. Like tell us how, how come you got into this industry and what you do now. Very short, uh, 30 seconds. Go. 30 seconds. Okay, I've been, I've been doing this since April last year. So it's coming to a year soon. I actually dropped out of uni to become a financial advisor because of my granddad. He actually um, passed away la, due to stomach cancer and he had no private insurance. So there were a lot of like medical lapses during his hospital stay and um, he actually attempted suicide. So that, that changed me overnight. And that's when I decided to drop out of uni to do this. Yeah. Okay. Let's start with questions, yeah? Yeah. Okay. The first question that I have, right, which I still have actually right now, is that how come there are so many different names for what you do? So there's like financial advisors, some people call themselves financial planning consultants, <laughs> wealth planning, sales advisor, I don't know lah. So <laughs> why can't I just say that you're an insurance agent? Eh? Because since like super long ago, with all the bad like marketing and sales tactics, right, we've managed to accumulate like a really, really bad name for our own profession. Ah. So, of course, as we all know, once we say that we're insurance agent, everybody will avoid us. Right? Cause but some, like, after you say you are, like, sales advisor, you have to reveal that the sales you're doing is insurance. Right? True. So it's just like a scam. But sometimes a nicer name will, will make people feel better. Right? No, it doesn't. No, man. Like, for okay, example... Tell, tell, okay, after you hear this podcast, right, let, let us know. If someone says they are like financial planning consultant, right, does it make it better? I don't think for me it does, eh. I, w- I would be like, oh, he's just an insurance agent want to be like fucking atas or some shit. <laughs> it's like, for example, if you're a customer service officer, some companies, they'll call you relationship manager. Or like customer success. Yeah. Manager. Yeah. So it's the same thing, uh, same logic. Uh. We want to make both the employee or the agent and the customer feel good. So they are essentially the same definitions. Because yep. financial planning and insurance are pretty different. What? Like insurance is just one part of financial planning. Yeah. So technically you are not an insurance agent. La. 
technically I'm not an insurance agent. Uh. I mean, there, there is insurance and investments, right? Yes. So you do both, right? Yes. So you can't call yourself just an insurance agent, technically. Yeah, correct. Uh, I would feel that for people to really want to call themselves financial advisor, right, their knowledge has to be not just insurance or so they has to they have to be like knowledgeable on investments, they have to be knowledgeable about budgeting, financial planning and how to manage the entire financial journey lah for the for the customer or the client. So it, there are um people who only do insurance lah. Yeah. Or oh, then they can only call themselves insurance agents or? Yeah, but they don't lah. So basically, it's a scam industry, lah. I'm I'm kidding. <laughs> it's, it's not a scam industry. Gotta get beaten out on the streets by insurance agents. I mean, because of the bad name and the bad impression, right? But you still need to be able to to meet people to get the insurance done, right? Because insurance is still an important product. So if I have to change my name to a sales advisor or wealth planning consultant to be able to get the public to meet me so that they can get an oh, important product. So basically, like, you all have to do anything it takes just to meet the people. Okay, not anything it takes. Okay, there are some people who do anything it takes. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it, it's possible to to do anything it takes. Yeah, it's possible. Huh? Yeah. So because the end goal is just to meet the person, right? To yeah. convince them to, to buy something. Correct. I see. Okay. Okay, so, so I was struggling with this at first. Because... Okay, admittedly, there are, there are some uh, immoral or unethical sales tactics out there. But let's just assume that, let's say... Okay, so I got this perspective from, from someone close to me. Lah, they are saying if you if you have to, to repackage something that's a bit borderline scammy to be able to convince the person to meet you, but the thing that you're selling is actually beneficial for him or her, then it actually isn't as bad as, as we think. Lah. So I sort of agree with that. What do you think? Mm. Let's just say in your whole life, uh, you, you will never meet an insurance agent. So And because of that, you will never get insurance. But because I changed the thing a bit and, and then you you were willing to meet me. So it's kind of like a white lie is what you're trying to say. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that it's right to be something you are not. Okay. If you are what you say you are, like if you are a wealth planning consultant, if that's actually what you do, then I think it's fine. Like, if, if the names are synonymous with each other, then it's fine. But if you're an hmm. insurance agent and you don't do wealth planning, then you cannot fucking say that you're a wealth planning consultant. La. True lah, true lah. Yeah, and I feel that the more important question here is to make people feel that you are not one of the bad guys. Mm-hmm. But what the current, like, consensus is that um, people can see me as a bad guy um, as long as when I sell them, I know that this is what they need and I'm doing something good. Yeah. But that doesn't save the industry, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, so that's my take on it. But uh, my next question, right, is... I think uh, the problem with, that a lot of people have out there is that they feel that um, FAs or insurance agents are very scammy because they think that they are just, like, scalping their money. Okay. And um, they think that they earn a lot of commissions from, like, the plans that they buy. So much so that it's, like, me buying a plan is just, like, paying your salary for you. It's, like, helping you get rich. Yeah. So, how much commission do you guys earn? Okay, so the commission percentage-wise, it ranged between 30 to 50% of what you all pay for the first year. So, honestly, um, for initial sum, it's, it's a pretty big sum, lah, especially if like if you're paying maybe 3, 3k for per year for life insurance policy. So, you guys just mark up the actual thing? Lah. 
Mark up. As in, like, how did he get to that number? Like, this 30 to 50% number. Oh, it's all decided by the insurer that we represent. Which it's is not, AIA. Yeah, which is case. AIA in my, okay, sense, okay. in my case. Yeah. So you, you don't really know why or how this number came into play. You just know that this is the number. So generally, the bigger the total sum and the longer the, the period of payment, the higher my commissions will be. Uh. I think it, it would be helpful to let people know like what this 30 to 50% like entail. Okay. Like what are they paying you this 30 to 50% for? Yep. So, you know, it's, it's easier to rationalize why I need to pay this money to yep. my FA. Yeah. Okay, so a lot of people, they just focus on a big lump sum, right? Wow, this guy get 1K, 2K from just meeting me three times and talk, talk a bit. And then he gets like 2 to 3K already. But I feel that people should also pay attention that because as, as your agent and as your advisor, I'm servicing you for the rest of your life. So technically for the rest of your life, Okay, okay, for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah. la. If you if your life cut short, touch wood. Then, then in a sense, I get the most returns. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that, I guess. That, yeah, okay. But because we're supposed to serve you for the rest of our lives. So yeah. that could mean up to 30 to 40 years worth of service in a sense. Mm. So if we were to put everything into retrospect, into perspective, not retrospect, uh, it's like paying 2K for 30 years of service. Eh. Then, yeah, technically like, when you're paying, you don't really think about how much the person is doing. And it may seem like your FA is not doing much because you kind of... In normal cases, like a person only comes into contact. Like let's just say if you're not my friend. Mm. I will only contact you if like I get to hospital or something. Ma. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So technically, that's what people think. La. But it's true that like that's already in itself a very big commitment. Because yep. you never know when each of your clients are like, going to have something happen to them or a huge change in their life and you need to be there for them. Right? True. Yeah. I think another way to look at it is that technically the amount that you're paying every year right, is going to the insurance company. But the insurance company is willing to cut their share of profit in order to, to get more sales representatives uh, which are us. Uh. Because at the end of the day, this job is still hard because of the social stigma and nobody really is that into insurance. So technically, it's actually the insurance company that's willing to pay us highly so that we will still be able to maintain this job in the long term. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Then what happens if like, for example, you have a client and you're getting commission from the client, right? Then yeah. If you leave, if you give up being a FA, then who gets the commission then? Do you still get? No, right? The no. next person who takes over? Okay, this one I'm not very sure. Because I've never went to check it out because I'm never leaving. Okay, whatever. <laughs> we shall see. But in any case, a big portion of the total commissions is paid in the first year. Okay, okay. So by the time... And, and commissions will end typically by the sixth or seventh year. So what will compel the, the financial advisor to even put in effort after the commission ends? Okay, so if we, if we put aside like morals, like responsibility and like passion and all that, right? If you talk just financially, a, a financial advisor would be compelled or incentivized to continue the relationship with you so that you'll be able to refer him more people. Uh, right? I see. Right? That's true, I guess. Yeah. Because if he, keep makes, if he keeps making you happy, then over the years, the different people that you meet, maybe when your friends like need insurance, then you'll be willing to recommend yeah, or refer yeah, it's your like own. a service. La, yeah, correct. Good service award. Something like that, I guess. Mm -hmm. Okay, next question. 
what insurance do you have for yourself so that we can all go and buy now? <laughs> okay, so right now I have life and critical illness insurance and I have an endowment slash savings, uh, endowment slash investment plan. Same as me lah. Yeah. Okay, so basically, if an insurance agent has all these, right, it means you all should go and buy these lah. Yeah. Yeah, there's, those are the pretty basic ones, right? Correct, Technically. correct. So everyone the fundamental should, ones. should get a fundamental. Correct. Aside from being, okay lah, you know, I I got some stigma against FAs also lah, before I met Chris, because he's a good guy. But <laughs> I do admit that I myself know that insurance is essential. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people know that. Like a majority of people know that insurance is something you must get. It's just that they just can't find someone that they can trust to do it. True. Yeah. So And it's not something that gets them excited or Yeah, it's like funeral. <laughs> right? Like it's not a wanted thing what. Yeah, the but it still needs to be done. Uh. Something bad has happened lah. So yeah. yeah, but it's still needed lah. Okay. Okay, so wait. So huh? based on what you say, right? One thing I would recommend people to do when they meet a financial advisor is to also see or maybe ask if you dare lah, ask what the financial advisor has got for himself or herself. I mean they won't lie, right? If they want to, they can uh, They just then how does that even help anything? They can just say whatever shit they want you to buy. What? True, but at least you ask. Then if the honest ones who who wouldn't lie, then at least you got a like benchmark uh, of what you should but get. But you don't know if they're lying or not. True lah. Uh. Okay, maybe scrap the advice. Yeah, uh, <laughs> just ask Chris lah. Uh. Chris won't lie. He take an oath now. Okay, I take an oath. I won't lie. Yeah, he, three, fingers, three up. fingers are up. So, if you <laughs> need to ask what plans you want, you can ask him. He won't lie. Yeah, but those three are the basics. La. Yeah. Okay. Oh, no. And hospital plan so, also. Sorry, I uh, forgot. Yeah, hospital, hospital plan hospital also plan. very important. Um, Another question that <laughs> I have been asking him actually is, is it easier for girls to sell insurance? Okay, it's easier for girls to meet people. Whether they sell it or not, it's based on their knowledge. Yeah. And whether they can actually present well. Lor. But definitely girls, it's easier for them to meet meet guys. La. Meet guys? La. Yeah. Actually meet girls also, maybe. Girls. Do you feel you'll be more comfortable meeting a girl? I mean, I don't care, la, but I can, I can see how other girls will be more comfortable. Maybe. Yeah. But it's definitely more of the guys thing. La. Yeah. The insurance is more of a guys thing. As in... They as can in, meet more guys. In, yeah. For sure, la. guys confirm any girls want to meet one. La. Come on. But this is like a pro But the girls con. must be chill or not? If not chill, can can sell easier, can meet people easier, man. <laughs> this one I don't know lah. I'm not a girl. <laughs> okay, okay. Okay, but there are there are there are guys out there who actually do. They like to pretend that they want to buy, so they can spend more time with the female advisor. Then they never buy in the end. Oh, yeah. scums. Yeah. Actually, I think it doesn't matter on gender lah. If you're good looking, you can get one lah, right? True. Yeah, as long as True. you're good looking, no matter you're a woman or a man, you can confirm that you get a lot of clients on. Okay, I don't know if this theory is true, but I've got a... I heard from someone uh, that the friend, after getting attached, um, girls stop asking him for financial advice. Who? It's not someone you know. Okay, <laughs> it's I someone... thought it's that, that who. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. But I thought that was quite funny. Anyway, part of um why I had a bad... Um, impression. impression of FAs is cause there were two like incidents that incidences that happened to me la. So number one right is that for the past few years right I always gonna I don't know how come they like to target me cause I look damn unfriendly and fierce. But I always gonna like the do survey type. Oh yeah, the time we went yeah, by Ram, by gyoza. Okay, so that time I was with Chris and we were going to get lunch and then this dude went no we, dinner dinner and then we were at Tanjong Paga area la. Then this dude right he was like hey um. 
Can you help? Can you guys help us do a survey? And because you are two very fucking nice people, and I know how it feels to do like not have anyone to do your survey for you, because I got do survey before also, ma. Yeah. So I was, I just said okay. So we started doing the survey. Then after that, what he say ah? No, we were doing the survey. Then we realized it's a. Oh, we did a survey. Then we realized it's like something about financial advisory yeah. or investment or insurance or whatever. So, uh, Chris just said like, sorry, I'm also an FA. <laughs> And then he like, okay, thanks. <laughs> then I'm just wondering like, is this not illegal? Like you do the survey and then you try to sell something. It's like damn scammy eh. It's scammy lah, but not illegal lah. It's a way to, to qualify you. And then now I'm like fucking scared whenever people try to approach me on the streets. It, I feel like this is why Singaporeans are so unfriendly because they are just scared that anyone who approaches them is selling them some, something. True, true, true. And then... That's also why last time when I was in school and I was trying to do some fucking survey just for school work, like nobody want to help me do because they just think that I'm an insurance agent. Oh. So yeah, it sucks. Okay, I'm kind of sorry for that, but in the business sense, it's a way to qualify you lah, whether qualify you are interested. What? Because if, if, for example, we we'll ask a question, uh, do you think financial planning is important? Then you say yes, then I was like, okay, this person seems interested. A higher chance if I talk to him or her, then maybe he'll buy ah. You know what I mean? Oh my god. And then, okay, my other um experience with FAs, right, is that last time when I was in uni, because I fucking cheapskate and want money, <laughs> so I went for a focus group with my friend and it was with Prudential, I think. Okay. And it was just a very casual focus group. I think they were asking us about like, questions about like, uh, how likely were, were we to consider becoming an FA? Yep. So we like just answer honestly la, like don't don't have any interest. Then those that had interest like they made them stay and talk more and then we just got our fucking money and zao la basically. Ten dollars. I think fifty yeah. Fifty dollars. Yeah, but I don't I can't remember if it was cash or voucher. I think it was oh, voucher. Fifty dollars a lot eh. Yeah, I know. That's why we went. <laughs> then after like many years, okay not many years, la, like maybe one year. Then this random ass person called me and I think their name was not Prudential. They are like a sub-unit. You know, like, like they like, like to... Like group. Yeah, so they like to call you and they don't use the word Prudential, right? Like they will use like Infinity. Infinity group. Then you'll be like, huh? What is Infinity group? Then you don't know, right? So you'll be like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's up, what's up? Mm. And then after that, the person was like, oh, I would just like to um uh, schedule a meetup with you. Then I was like, meet me for fuck. Then say like, oh, oh uh, we would just like to explore like some career options. Then I say, I didn't ask for any career advice. Mm. And then I'm just like, okay, I don't need, bye-bye, thanks. But it's so fucking irritating. Cause, and then they call every year since. Mm. So every year they will call me. They will also call my friend. You can put yourself on the do not call list. How? Go register yourself on the government website, DNC. Oh, I didn't know Do that. not call regist- registry. Then random ass people cannot call you, is it? They can call, but you can record a number down and report them. Oh, uh, so they will know that you're on the do not call. Uh, if if they're doing this kind of like unsolicited calls, they have to check the registry. Okay, okay, okay. Like, I shall go and do that. Like strike the number off lah. Okay, guys, you guys can go and do that. Yeah. But yeah, I'm just like, fuck this unsolicited shit, man. I didn't fucking ask y'all to call me. <laughs> I don't need a- any career advice. I don't need a new job. So yeah. I mean, for this, I feel like, I don't know if you agree with me, nah, but the more we try to repackage it and use different names for for whatever we're doing, the worse we make it. Eh. 
Yeah, that's why I say in the first place, you all are focusing on the wrong aspect of it, what? Because mm. it doesn't cleanse the industry, just makes it worse and worse and worse. Yeah. Yeah, so I think it's, it's getting very convoluted now and something has to be done. I'm okay with calling myself an insurance agent, guys. Because that's, that's part of what I do. Yeah, insurance and investment agent. Okay, I wouldn't say... You're a financial advisor. Okay, financial I would disclaim advisor. that while I have some... Um, knowledge about investments is not like super good I'm still trying to improve but yeah okay what about um, what is the best tactic to avoid insurance agents at public spaces do you have any <laughs> advice for those of us who hate rejecting people clearly not me I love rejecting people but like what, what is the best way do you do roadshows no right no I don't do roadshows but how like not everyone does roadshows, is it? Quite a big number of people like to do roadshows. Uh. So it's a choice? It's a choice, yeah. Okay, 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 at least for my agency, it's a choice. Okay, okay, okay. So yeah. you don't have to do it, but if you want, you can do it. Correct. I see. So yeah, what is your best advice? I think it's quite obvious when the person... When you see the person, uh, it's quite obvious. And you can tell uh, whether that person is an insurance agent or not. Because... Yes, they must wear the lanyard. Correct. So if you see the lanyard... I'm sorry that you have to take additional effort, but if you're not comfortable with saying no, then maybe... Run. <laughs> <laughs> Just like dash past them. I think make a make a detour. Lor. Because it's true, lor. we are trained to be very persistent in our job. Mm. So even if, if you say no the first time, we'll walk with you all the way to the gantry. <sighs> Fuck that shit. <laughs> I, I've realised that, right, the more I dress like a student, the less they will fund me. True, because yeah. you are no longer qualified. Yeah. So sometimes when I wear super like formal and businessy, right, I always gonna. Then when I just wear like t-shirt and jeans, right, nobody wanna fucking ask me any questions. <laughs> I saw on um Reddit, right, that the best way is to tell them that you are also FA. Oh, that's true. Then they'll immediately drop you. That's true. That's true. Yeah, they'll just say okay, thank you. <laughs> so yeah, y'all can just say y'all are FAs. Anyway, there are so many fucking FAs around now, so anybody can be an FA essentially. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Okay, that's a pretty, yeah, that's quite that's clever. That's the best tactic, right? Yeah, that's quite clever. Yeah. Then the other tactic is just run. Ah. <laughs> then the other tactic is to round all. Okay, to don't run, do, don't run. Later you fall down. Do a roundabout. Then the other tactic is, is to just avoid eye contact. How? You don't care on ah. Like, you just talk to your name. Just like, <laughs> just like, Where the sound coming from? Beyond other places. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I know a lot of insurance agents are very frustrated by the way they get ghosted by people. Yeah. Like, um, you've told me stories about how like some people like really until the end like you thought going to sign me then suddenly ghost. Yeah. Yeah. The the so, possibilities are endless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if I really don't want to buy from you, mm. but I feel really bad and I don't know how to reject you and I don't know how to tell you to stop talking to me. How like I'm just okay, just imagine me as a very nice person. I know it's very hard to imagine. But <laughs> just imagine me like a very nice and innocent girl. When you talk to me, I'm like, huh, but I feel badly. How to say no? Okay. What's the best way to reject you? I mean, ghosting is wrong, right? You, sh- you shouldn't yeah. ghost lah. But what's yeah. the best way to reject you in a respectful way? I think... Okay, so what some of my my friends who even after going through the whole financial planning process, they decide not to buy. They'll, they'll thank me for the sharing because hopefully lah, they, they did learn something from the two hours that I spent with them. Then they just say that, okay... Um, they're thankful then they, they can't they decided not to get it now and most of the time they'll give me a reason uh. so I think like that's the best way 
to, to go about it? I think um, essentially you can't expect to not disappoint a person lah. Like you are definitely going to be disappointed if you spend so much time meeting someone and telling them, giving them all this information and then they decide to not go with you. It's I'm natural. Not, eh? You sure? Yeah, I'm sure. I've heard many things from you. I mean, at the start, yes, lah, but now, now that we've some experience in my belt, it has become like a, oh, okay. Like there are other, like there are other people. There are people who, as I just focus on moving on, oh. So yeah, okay, but, but a good way is to treat it as like, for example, if a guy or girl confess to you and say, I like you. Yes. Okay. Then I'll ghost. Okay, most of the time you say, uh, thank you for letting me know, but I'm not that into you right now. La. So, oh, yes, so you yes, can use the yes. same approach with, yes, yes. with financial advice. I mean, if you really want to ghost, then go ahead and ghost law it's just kind of sad I mean it's kind of rude la. if you don't care about a person then yeah fuck just ghost law if the person is a stranger right mm-hmm. yeah but in honesty if if you sucky because we can't get closure <laughs> it's really like a relationship yeah oh Are my we... god did I tell you about the time the insurance agent ghosted me <laughs> the customer I did right <laughs> Because your signature thing. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that was, that was funny. You so, should tell them. So I've had a few... Okay, so I have Chris. Chris is like one of my FAs, right? And then I have another FA um, who is called Clement. Clement! Hi, Clement! If he's listening. <laughs> so basically, right, whenever I get my insurance plan, right, it always it's always damn tough and difficult because I can't fucking remember my signature. <laughs> so it happened with Clement and it happened with Chris like the first time they asked me to sign right I signed already then they come back and say hey, uh, cannot approve eh cause the signature different mm. I'm like huh how come different no it didn't happen with me because you told me oh okay so, okay. so remember we, we changed the thing we changed the signature remember yeah something that you, you can replicate yeah, yeah 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 then it happened with Clement lah so he came to find me like three times to sign the same fucking document <laughs> and then his assistant recently also Came a few times to make me sign. Serious? Yeah, because I had to change the annual payment. Okay. Then you sign again. Then she's okay. like, uh, cannot go through again. I warned her beforehand already, uh, by the way. But, um, fuck, this is the only time that I couldn't reject, you know. I don't know why I didn't reject the guy, eh. Reject? I remember the, that random ass FA, la. I don't know his fucking name also, I forgot already. So this guy approached me when I was at Raffles Place MRT. I was waiting for my friend. Then I was sitting outside at the grass there right then he just kind of talked to me like randomly so I was smoking so I was talking to him mm. then he just like very chill conversation he like quite chill so I was like okay la then at that time I think I did is it cause he good looking no no he very ugly <laughs> he really so, not so honest. he really not good looking so that's not the reason why I talked to him I just like I don't know I don't know what got over me I was feeling chatty <laughs> so he he sold me a hot cause I already have savings plan mm. with, with Clement ma. so he sold me a hospitalization plan and it was like what, 20 bucks? Okay. So I was like, okay law, just sign law. Yeah. So we proceeded to like formalize this whole thing. And then he met me like a few times at Starbucks and all that. And then <laughs> my signature keep getting wrong, right? So after the third time he met me, he just ghosted me. <laughs> and he decided that He didn't even tell me like he was gonna refund me, eh? He just ghosted you. me because I already paid what the like the first few months, mm. but it didn't go through oh. because my signature didn't go through. Okay. So he didn't even say that he's gonna refund Wait, me. Wait, but if the signature didn't go through, then how did the plan go through? I think the first, the first payment, the first payment. Okay. Because he told me to pay the first payment and then submit together or something. Okay. So I paid like twenty eight bucks, 
And then he didn't even tell me that he was going to refund me. He just sent the money back to my house. Oh. <laughs> That's it. And I never heard from him ever again, eh. You know what? You will never be successful, stupid advisor. True lah. I hope you remember me. True lah. I should at least say lah. Yeah. What the fuck? How I remember my signature? But now you remember or not? Now change radar, I remember. (laughs) Okay, lucky I asked you to change. (laughs) Okay, another thing that a lot of people have an issue with, including me, I don't really have an issue with the motivational post lah, I think. You don't, man. You know what? You know, okay, guys. You know those motivational posts on social media. Then they will post about like how they super thankful for the team. Then they will post about like oh the fucking like don't know new car, don't know what thankful for this, thankful for that. Then suddenly become F A or thankful for every fucking thing. <laughs> not F A not thankful. F A suddenly thankful. Is it like a super fake thing to you? It's not real, right? It can't be real. Okay, to to me, right? I feel that sometimes it could be real, especially for the thankful for the team. Because as an FA, you really, really, really face a lot of rejections. And sometimes the, the questions that you face or like some difficulties is that you face, um, the team will really go to great lengths uh, to, to help you solve those things or, or to comfort you when you're down. Uh. Because some people, they can't handle rejections that well. So if you can't handle rejection, then I suggest you don't become an FA. La. Right? I think that's the line that you have to handle the most amount of rejections. Yeah, I, I think that's for all sales jobs, especially. Yeah, and like other sales, it, it may not be that often because you're not targeting individuals. If you're so doing off. like corporate sales, mm. it's like companies. So it's, it's not that personal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But those motivational posts, eh, how can you be motivational? Eh? <laughs> okay. So funnily, or funny enough, there are people out there who actually enjoy motivational posts. And roll my eyes. And there are people out there who, after they see this person or this particular advisor posting so many motivational posts, they think that the person is so motivational. Yeah, I'm so motivated, and then they feel motivated as well. It's not true. And then they they are, they feel like oh this guy seems like a, a good candidate lah to be my financial advisor, so they go for because it. Because he's now. so motivational. I guess or like so motivated. But the quotes are not even the guy's own quotes. It's like another person's quote. What? True lah. I fucking hate motivational quotes, by the way. But you do you, I guess. I kind of like it, but like, do in moderation lah. Do in moderation. I've seen people who post like... Too much, right? 10 to 12... I think it's a trend eh. Motivational posts in one hour. In one hour? Yeah. What the fuck? I'm (laughs) followed. I think it's it's a trend, right? Like, if there is like a starter pack for this shit. Like, you know the insurance agent starter pack? Yeah. That means it's like a stereotype la, and like every oh, a lot of people, a lot of FAs at least, like subscribe to this stereotype. But don't don't you notice that nowadays this insurance agent started back is starting to to go down a little. That like that's not as much. Yeah, I think so. Only the very old school ones still do it. Nah. Because I think there was quite a big backlash. Yeah, on yeah, social yeah, media yeah, last yeah. time with regard to like oh, all these people post their gold watches now, no, now the trend right is every fucking FA want to post on Insta story and tell me about the latest news how the fuck the coronavirus uh, will affect my finances <laughs> like if I want to listen then I'll go listen to our podcast ma. I think <laughs> it's like you know like very unsolicited like because these people they post on their personal account yeah okay not to toot our own horn but because like you know we are already a financial planning thing. 
Mm-hmm. Like it's an account for your financial planning. Yeah. So if I'm interested in it, I'll go and follow Seth and then I'll go and see Seth's Insta story. But because these people are posting it on their own personal account, right? Yeah. Then you never know. Like you just get ambushed by this information. True lah. It's like, I didn't even know like two, three, four other of my friends became FA and then suddenly I click, click, click the Insta story and I'm just like, boom. <laughs> boom. Bam. All the fucking finance Insta story all come out. I'm just like, Fuck, I didn't even ask for it. But I cannot unfollow because friend. Then I have to just breathe through the thing. Because the business model for insurance companies is relationship selling one. Yeah, which is just fucking annoying. I think this whole unsolicited thing is just getting on my nerves. Why can't it be solicited? Who solicit insurance advice? When you need the insurance. But then there, there's still quite a big class of uh, customers who need but they don't take the initiative to find out. Yeah, so it's like you okay. I get it lah. The whole push and pull thing lah. Well, I think in general, like the public just needs more education lah. But I think our generation is doing better. Yeah, we're yeah. definitely doing much better than the previous boomers. Okay, last question of the day. Okay, are insurance agents really able to trade the market well? Like every fucking insurance agent can trade and far tie. No. Why not? That means they're bad insurance agents. Bad, what do you mean bad? Like, they don't have the knowledge lah. Yeah, so, admittedly, some some of us, some of us advisors, they don't really have um, the proper investment knowledge, but then they will want to show that they do lah. Because if they don't, then maybe clients wouldn't want to choose them ah. Because clients will want a, like a well-rounded advisor. But the nature of our job is that the, the entry requirements are quite low. You just have to pass four papers exams and you can become an advisor and these papers are not like super professional or mcq is it yeah so not all of us are tr- able to trade the market really well la. but there are people who actually did like finance degrees mm. in in local units nus ntus so you're saying that the entry exams do not um help you trade the market well essentially. no that's not so if if you have a pre, I don't know, what is it? Like a pre-education. No, you have a degree in a related yeah, field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then that will help you lah. Mm. Okay, okay. Before you leave our interview, is there any advice you can give to our fellow Singaporean men and women, kids and girls and boys about how to tell if your financial advisor is a good financial advisor, especially if they don't have any friends who are financial advisors and they need to seek help from a stranger? Okay, so I think it always benefits to find out why the insurance advisor decided to become an insurance advisor. Not just for the money lah. As in, admittedly, the money is good and... It's like, fine, it's like how to know if your boyfriend is a good boyfriend. It's a bit hard to answer actually. Okay, it's not, not that <laughs> intangible, obscure. First of all, you find out why your advisor joined. Is there like a certain reason why he decided to join his line? Because nobody grew, grows up wanting to be an insurance agent. Ma. Then secondly, um, observe how they do the whole financial planning process with you. So while doing like a needs-based analysis is very intuitive and should be the first thing that every advisor does, right? Surprisingly, there are still many agents out there who don't. Ah. They mm. just ask you, hey, how much money are you willing to set aside for this? Then you just bam, okay, do this investment plan, do this savings mm-hmm. plan, or just buy this insurance. But they don't, they don't, they don't understand your situation first. And then they, if they just recommend like that, then I think you should 
seek a second or third opinion. I think personally for me, right, it's very important to see if the financial advisor goes into detail, like how much detail he goes into with you, yep. how much, how many questions he asks you about your life and your yourself, yep. uh, your goals, what you are planning to do in the future. When I first um, met Chris, reconnected with Chris, were we even connected before? Slightly, slightly connected. Okay, Re- when I reconnected with him, right, I gave him a very hard time because I kept questioning a lot of nonsense. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess it's not, no, not really nonsense. I even questioned how come his fucking document is so ugly. <laughs> then I said, I, I don't understand. Can you give me another format? Because I don't understand all these tables and numbers. And if he's a good advisor, he will do it for you because he wants you to be able to understand your situation. So, yeah, correct. Um, don't be afraid to ask questions. Just question every fucking thing because if he's good, he will be able to explain to you. Yeah. He will. It doesn't even matter if you are you think you're stupid and you don't get it. If he's good, he will explain until you get it. Yeah. So yeah, just go and ask a lot of questions. Question everything. Yeah. Especially if it's a stranger, right? Because you don't need to care about his feelings, but it's not like he's your friend. Okay, no, not everybody as strong as you lah. There are some people who don't dare to reject one. Oh yeah, I guess if you don't dare to reject, you don't have to reject. If you think that you need to buy, you can buy. It's just that. Just keep questioning them all. Like, how come is how come this is like this? Ah? Can you explain this part? Can you explain this part? Yeah. I think you owe it to yourselves to really ask the proper questions and to really find out what you're getting into. Especially these kind of things like could be 10, 20 to 25 years. Yeah, it's the same It's the same as signing a contract, right? Like, you don't go into a contract to sign it without even reading through the terms and everything. So, yeah. you should also ask la, for, about your plans and all that. Because it's not a small sum that you are paying. Yeah. So remember, it, it should be goal-based, it should be needs-based, and... Question. And question, correct. Yeah. Okay, those are all the questions we have today for our resident financial advisor, Christopher Tan. Finally stress over. Uh, no, it's not over. Huh? Why? Because okay. <laughs> we may do a second session or third session. Okay. Okay, so if you guys have any more questions that you want to ask, right? Like, how come financial advisors so divide this and that, uh, whatever question you want to ask, just um, tag us, comment at us on Instagram or, or Twitter. Or even share with us your own horror stories. Yeah, just text me if you know me or that. I'll ask Chris for you. Don't worry. Don't, uh, you'll, you'll all be anonymous, so keep the questions coming and we'll, we may do another session if there are enough questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, thanks guys. Thanks, guys. Get your insurance and... Your investments. And, and uh, be be smart about... And budget well. Oh, yeah, okay. So, next episode, we're talking about budgeting. What a way to bring in the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> if you have troubles budgeting your money or if you want to just learn about other ways of budgeting or is budgeting even good for you, then stay tuned for our next episode. Coming out next week, next Wednesday. See you. Yeah, thank you. Stay safe. Coronavirus still going strong, ah. So and, be safe. And the FA virus, I guess. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> bye. Okay, bye guys. <laughs>